0: What is this, week eight? Mm Mm-hmm. Flying. God, it's already week eight. Mm Mm-hmm. What is it? Quick. Yep. About halfway
1: Halfway through.
0: Yeah? Yeah, I think, what? Today's Wednesday, so that is, like, mathematically halfway. Rhyme halfway there. Yeah. There we are. Wow. God. Stop the ride. I want to get off and, like, you know, take a breather or something. Mm Mm-hmm stop and smell the flowers yep
2: shut up and sit down
0: and welcome to the week eight edition of the black swarm podcast Hank Pfeiffer here with Rob Antonell how you doing tonight Rob pretty good all right. Let's uh, before we get into it, let's uh, shout out our uh, sponsor. You know, I think he's still our sponsor, J. For sure, Simon, owner of Simon Says. Even though we haven't really seen any form, you know, of payment or anything, he's a busy guy. I, I get it. I'm actually like, I'm fully content, like riding out, like for the next three years, just him being our sponsor with seeing nothing in return. Sending him an invoice at one point, and then just us owning Simon Says. <laughs> Not where I thought you're going with that, but okay. Or I thought this was the whole, like, you know,
1: just hold it against him as long as possible, just as something to do.
0: I mean, or you just send us a, cut, a shirt or two. I don't know. Either way. Huh. That works. Yeah, that works for me. Anywho, beyond that, um, follow us on, you know, social media, Twitter, and Instagram that I swear we will get around to use at some point. When? When are we going to do that? Uh, soon. We have one picture. No, we have a profile picture. We technically okay. have no pictures posted. All right. Yep. But I think there is a link to our website in the profile, maybe. There you go. Not our website, our SoundCloud profile. Whatever. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, yeah. So, at Blacksform Pod Twitter and Instagram, uh, the Blacksform Podcast, Facebook, SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, yep, and the Blacksform Podcast at gmail.com, because that does get traffic occasionally, so I guess we should keep bringing it up. And... Uh, uh, beyond that, I don't have anything else to mention up top. Rob, you got anything? Um, not specifically. Okay. Uh, food drive for McKinley's going on? That was
1: my one thing.
0: Yeah, so. if you want to get into that, because I'm done talking right now. <laughs> uh, so the food drive, you know, something that
1: goes on every single year between Mass and McKinley, uh, just like the blood drive. So you can go and donate food, uh, canned food items, or you can just donate cash uh, I think it is $1 is equal to seven pounds you know, of food. Yeah, so $1 is seven pounds of food, which is a better return than donating a pound of food. But um, that's how it's weighed. The The competition is which school donates the most pounds of food or the money goes towards pounds of food. Uh, I think last year they said in order to win, you had to have 43000 pounds of food or 43,900 pounds of food something like that that was the winning number so um the idea is that we need to get there again so i know they're collecting donations at all of the booster club meetings um as we get closer to the mckinley game i'm sure you'll find more and more areas to do drop-offs for food um i'm sure somewhere at the high school they'll accept it um if you just give it to somebody they'll find its. it'll find its way there Find an adult at the high school. I'm sure they will get it to. They'll get it there. Um, I know they talked about getting it like actually set up. Hopefully this upcoming week. So, um, but the idea is you know donate a dollar or two when you can, or donate some uh, canned food items. And uh, when they call it out at the Maslin McKinley game, they'll say that Maslin won again. So that's the whole idea there. Um, But you know don't wait till McKinley week. You can go ahead and start doing that now. See somebody that has to do with the booster club somebody that has to do with the school somebody that has to do with the stadium
0: or come to the booster club meeting and you can donate there yeah um and i'm sure there's more information on mass or the booster club page the uh, and tiger booster club whatever just type that in you'll find it you'll mm-hmm. find information so with that uh let's get into the last week's game gateway pennsylvania so we watched the first half together um i know i got a lot of thoughts on this game how about you well when
1: it was fresh (laughs) on my mind i probably had a lot to say uh gateway was a was a talented team i mean we knew that coming into it um they had a lot of athletes and what really hurt them obviously were some of the turnovers um, so, I, I mean, I specifically remember them getting down inside with the five-yard line and yeah. fumbling it away. You know, that, that's a complete game-changer right there on their part. Um, but I think Maslin's ability to grind it out and, you know, as the game goes on, you know, our dominance starts to take over. I mean, of course, we're a fourth-quarter team. We have a fourth-quarter mentality. We've had that, you know, for years. That's not – nothing's changed. But also our ability to adapt, make changes on the fly. That's something that we're really good at. We've been really good at. Um, so, I mean, it's just more of the same. The difference is you see it more against a quality opponent. Besides when you're going out and, you know, against Firestone, you probably didn't notice it quite as much. <laughs> you know, you, you don't see us, the, the slow start. You know, it's not yeah. that we have a slow start. It's like, why, why does Masson come out so slow every week? It's not that we come out slow. It's we're playing good teams, you know. I've heard some people say, "Why is Maslin playing nothing but cupcakes?" It's gonna hurt him when they get to the playoffs. We're playing some good quality teams. Like, don't be fooled. I mean, we are a pretty good team. Yeah. You know, so don't think because we beat every team by forty points, almost. Well, oh, is twenty-one. Saint V. 30. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, enough. don't let the fact that we're winning big games make you think that these teams aren't good. We're playing a quality schedule. And, you know, it just goes to show, you know, what this team can do, what the team's capable of doing. And I think everybody knew that going into it. Just they need something to harp on. And I guess that is that we're not playing good teams. Gateway's a good team. Pen Trafford is a good team. They are both ranked highly in Pennsylvania. I think going into last week, Penn Trafford was number one, and Gateway was number two mm-hmm. in the state. Something like that. Maybe in their division in the state, but same as Maslin's number one in our division, in our state. Um, so, I mean, they're good teams, so like, don't be fooled by that. And next week, well, this week, Barberton's also a good team. So, I mean, just go
0: out there and, you know, don't be mad that Maslin keeps winning. Yeah, it's like you said. That's just something you know. People always want to look at something to, to really harp on massing about. And I guess this year, we, they want to bitch about our cupcake schedule. All right, let's just rattle it down. You know, Saint V has been a great game on our schedule for the last. Well, we reopened that series. I think my senior year. Yeah, I didn't play them. Yeah, but then you but did. I did when they had.
1: Booker and Paris Campbell, right?
0: Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, we beat him that year. Then we lost to him a couple years in a row. I mean, mm-hmm. it was just what two years ago they beat us thirteen to three in that punt fest where they're all, yeah he our running back still had like five hundred yards of offense. Oh, we stalled at yeah. halftime. Yeah, and they came back and beat us. Yep. hmm I remember, but it. I mean, it's been a back and forth series, you know, Glen Oak for a few for a stretch of few years there. The it was it like, was back and forth. It was back and forth. It was. I think literally it was like four years. The total like difference of the game scores is like three points. Mm-hmm. They just happen to be down this year. Warren, always a great team, a historic Maslin, you know, uh, series. Mm-hmm. They just don't. They don't have a dude this year. Penn Trafford, they beat Gateway, a highly ranked in Pennsylvania. Firestone, Firestone, you need a game like that on your schedule, I suppose. Um, Fitch always plays us tough. You know, there was a couple years there where they beat us. Uh, Gateway is looking to be, you know, a state title contender in Pennsylvania this year. Mm-hmm. It's everybody's talk. They were a good quality opponent. Last year, Barberton was like really good. This year they're still actually pretty good. Louisville, um you know, going through a coaching change and all that, but they've uh I think my one buddy said they haven't been below 500 since 1989. And McKinley's McKinley. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you want from our schedule? You want us to just load it with parochial schools so we have just a bloodbath, you know, slobber knocker each week, and then we limp into the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, the one thing that you can say is we're number one in our region
1: in points, and the points directly come from our uh, strength of schedule. So we're not the only undefeated team in our region but we have the highest points in our region. So, obviously, we're playing a schedule tough enough. You know, this isn't like when Central went 9-1 and one year and didn't make the playoffs.
0: Or there is a team projected this year in Ohio somewhere. The name escapes me, but they're projected to go 10-0 and not make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, our schedule is obviously not that easy if we have the most points in our region. You know, we're not the only undefeated team. So... I mean, let's just throw that all out the window. We're playing quality teams. Some of them are having down years. That happens. Um, But the whole idea is that we're going to get ourselves to the playoffs. We're going to get better every single week. We're going to continue to prepare for the team that's ahead of us. And,
0: you know, we're going to just keep carrying out these wins as long as possible. And hopefully there's 15 of them. That's it. Um, And I guess we could dive into Gateway a little bit. I mean, I think they... um They did something different that not many teams have done before, where I don't know if they thought they had the athletes out wide to, you know, guard our receivers one on one, or that they thought that they could get to our quarterback before our athletes could win. But they were really the first team that brought pressure consistently since I mean, Wenton Woods two years ago Mm -hmm. when they were basically pretty much basing out of cover zero, send the house. Um, and it showed early You know Like you said We got off to a slow start We What Settled for two field goals uh, To take a 6 nothing lead early Um, And That just We had Trox on here A few weeks ago And It takes a while He explained It takes a while For us to figure out What the opponent Wants to do to us Because they tend to do Something different Against us Than mm-hmm. Really who they are You know um, I think Gateway they showed they were a 3-4 quarters team very similar to us and we don't bring a lot of pressure i don't think we just we really haven't faced a team that we felt the need to bring pressure to and to see them you know bringing somebody almost every at almost every play that was a whole new world for them and us so it took a little while for us to figure it out but you know when we did you see the final box score um, I know a couple of things that impressed me was you mentioned it before the turnover they that we get that we recovered mm-hmm. inside the five that led to a ball or a Longwell throwing to Ballard you know 95 yard touchdown pass record breaker for both receiving you know it mm-hmm. broke record at Masson um, and Coach Moore explained that at the Booster Club on Monday when you're backed up like that. it's hard to march 95 yards down the field with a put-together consistent drive and actually score. So he said he likes taking a shot play, and I don't disagree. You know, if you think you're going to punt anyway, you might as well try and get a big shot in there. And it just so happened that our shot play worked. And you saw what happened, you know. If you can't get pressure uh, quicker than our athlete wins out wide, you're going to lose big. It's a gamble. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That play, they lost. Yeah, I mean, I remember saying it before it happened,
1: um, that, you know, you don't mind taking a shot. You know, a lot of people are worried about being backed up. And when you have a good line, a smart, experienced quarterback, and an athlete out wide... It's not as big of a gamble as a lot of people think it is. you know, Especially on just a straight fade like that, down the sideline. Because at any point in time, if they would have had a free blitzer, a missed assignment up front, Longwell can just throw it out of bounds. Right over the receiver's head out of bounds. That's an easy, just throw away, safe play with an experienced quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Which we have. So I, I don't mind doing those kind of things. It keeps teams honest. And honestly, I feel like that's something you see a lot. It's just doesn't always get executed. So, I mean, I, I was glad that we were able to do it in the future. It's going to make defenses question, you know, what are we going to do even when we're backed up? Because I mean, like you said from coach Moore, it is tough to march 95 yards. Sometimes it's tough to run when you're backed up like that because they are filling the box up so heavy. So, I mean, being able to have a line that can block like we do Mm -hmm. with a game plan, a play call that's able to protect the quarterback with athletes that are able to make plays, you know, we're able to strike from anywhere on the field.
0: Yeah, um, just a couple of things that stand out in my mind um, was when we were marching the other way down the field going towards the flagpole. We uh, I think it was a third down. I don't know. It was a it was an important part in the game. Where we actually formationed Ballard and uh, Lamp as the number two receivers on each side in our two in a two by two set, and that's uh, that's important because if it's zone, you're getting them matched up on linebackers, and if it's man, you're getting them matched up on safeties. At that time, we had them. I think they uh, were running a cover zero. We got them matched up on safeties. We actually protected it fairly well, and uh, Lefty hit Lamp right down the seam for a touchdown. You might have been gone on your trip to Wendy's or whatever by then, but just watching Lefty, he's ne- he's normally never too like high or low on the mm-hmm. football field, but he was pretty happy with that throw, and I think the rest of us all were very ecstatic to watch you know Lamp scamper into the end zone untouched.
1: Yeah, I mean, just with the Longwell and his personality, at least the personality that we get to see. Yeah. Right. I mean, of course, everybody sees him at the game. I mean, we get to see him at sideliners and that's just kind of how he is all of the time. He's just a very neutral, calm mannered person. And I think that works really well for being a quarterback because you have so many different things going on. You have to be able to see all of them, understand all of them. And, you know, you you never want to let emotions affect your game. You know, it's like a, a baseball pitcher. When a baseball pitcher is rattled or he's showing emotion, you know you got him. He's the one that touches the ball every single play, every single snap. And he's the guy that you can't let get rattled in a game. So I think, you know, his experience builds into that, his his uh, just personality builds into that. And, I mean, he's a great player. So, I mean, that's really just going to help us in the future as well. And, uh, like you said, being able to move around to receivers – and getting different matchups, it's a nightmare for defenses. And I don't know if people realize that because they don't always notice what kind of coverage the defense is running or what kind of matchup you have. And being able to move your receivers around really messes with the other defense. Uh, So, you know, look for that going forward. The whole idea is that we're going to show, not show as many things as possible. We're not just trying to mess with people. But we have so much in our arsenal and we practice so many different things and defenses other teams play us in so many different ways trying to shake us that we've seen everything and we have an answer for everything and so sometimes it's good you know having masculine across your chest and you always get the other team's best shot
0: yeah you know it's like you said it's a lot of a lot of little things that people don't notice and whether it be just swapping putting our number one guys in the slots and like a four wide formation where the average fan might see oh they got four guys out wide you know they're not going to notice uh where certain guys are but there's a rhyme and a reason for every single little thing that we do and you know nothing is just like all right let's just throw this out there see if it works you know we throw that uh, that wide receiver uh, reverse pass a couple weeks ago. Sure, it went for an interception, but now teams have to look for that on any kind of jet action. They have to stay home on the backside, and that opens up everything on the front side. You know? It's like there's nothing that we're just like, all right, let's uh, see what happens here. There's a purpose for everything we do. Um, I guess kind of moving. Well, now we can touch on the run game a little bit since I am a run game nerd and not a line nerd. Uh, We've actually, they've mentioned it before, but we've become like a very zone run heavy team. You know, we've kind of moved away from power every goddamn play like we used to love to run. And lots of zone. I think um, it actually stood out to me in the middle of the game how much outside zone we were running against them. Um, And that has a lot to do with, you know, moving Cole Jones down to uh, inside to center to where... We can use him a lot more on the, on those zone plays, but also just the strength of the rest of our offensive line. I mean, we are a big offensive line, and we're not just big. We're also athletic. It takes a lot to run outside zone uh, in any sort of capacity. I mean, normally you're going to run that as either – that's either your base offense or a change up two, three times a game. And the fact that we can run it eight, nine, ten times in a game – just because that's what they're giving us tells me a lot about our line, a lot about our coaching, and just everything involved in that. Um, And the reason we did that was because the defense that they ran, they ended up having a backside guy coming free that, you know, they said, hey, we can get the – and when you do that, you're giving up something on the front side or somewhere else. They said, hey, we can get to your guy more often than not coming free. And then we said, okay, we'll just run farther away from him. And I mean, you saw how much it worked. If it didn't work, we wouldn't have called it as much. And it worked. We called it. We caught it more. And our run game had a lot of success against that front. And again, that's just another thing that shows how, how much we can adjust to what the defense wants to give us. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, I can't get into details as much as you can with, you know, blocking schemes. But the whole idea, if you take nothing else away from that, is that we're able to mix it up and we can find weaknesses in the defense. So, you know, we can run power a lot and that works great against some teams, against some players on the other team. Or we can run zone, which works great against some other defenses works great against some other players. You might have slower defense alignment one week. You might have quicker defense alignment the next week. Um, they might play, you know, different strategies up there. When they're bringing a free guy like that, they're trying to chase us down on the backside. And sometimes teams have a fast enough player that they can do that. So when you go further and quicker, oh, the opposite direction, that takes the guy out of the play. Also, we start using our RPOs and same idea If you're going to try to throw in an extra guy somewhere, we're going to find the deficit where you took him from. So, you know, you see it all the time uh, in college, in the NFL, a QB read. You're reading a guy. Basically, you're taking a guy out of the play on defense, and you're giving yourself a plus one situation. I mean, that's not exactly what we're doing. We don't do very many QB reads. But the idea is that we're always setting ourselves up for the best possible situation and we're able to adjust on the fly. And when teams try to change it up, when they try to bring an extra guy, we're going to go away from him. Simple as that. So just kudos to the coaching staff being able to do this because it makes it really tough on defenses because there's not very many teams in the state that can line up and go mano mono mano against us. So a lot of these teams are trying to get an advantage. Where they try to find the advantage, we are finding the disadvantage. So... There's a lot of different things going on, and sometimes if you're not watching it on film in slow motion, you might not be able to pick up on it. But you know, just kudos to the coaching staff, and you know, the next time you want to complain about us running the same play three times in a row—not in a row, but in general—you <laughs> uh, know, sit back and you know, make me think that we're doing it for a reason.
0: Yeah, um, we're going to touch on that later about you know people complaining, but. Um, that's the kind of stuff, having answers to things, that it doesn't just happen during the week. You know, That's the kind of stuff that you need to think, that the staff needs to think about in December, right, as the season ends, that the kids need to work on in the off-season, you know, whatever that they get to do on their own. I don't know how the rules work, but whatever. That's the stuff that happens during early summer, you know, when you're in helmets, mm-hmm. or during two-a-days, and stuff like that. It's there's so much that goes into that that we have answers for everything that you don't see on Friday night. I mean, you see the result of it, but you don't see all the work that goes into it. Um, kind of getting into more of the defense side of the ball, because this is the Black Swarm Podcast. Um, I thought we did a great job of shutting down their, what, Division One running back. I don't care if he's being recruited as a DB. He's still a Division One running back. Um, he had, what, 17 yards, something like that. Uh, I, don't, I don't have the stats. I don't know. He don't had have. something like it was not much. Uh, I think very early in the game, it stood out to me at least watching like in real time that they were trying a lot of screen game, and you know they hit on one or two, but we shut that down real quick. Um, I, I distinctly remember an RPO that they ran with like a a hook route by the number three, or I think uh, it's very similar to something we do. And our linebacker, safety, whoever just lit the kid up. You know, It was injury timeout, whatever, and they kind of moved away from that. Um, From that point on, it seemed like we kind of started keying off on the screens. I know we put another kid out, just great open field tackle by, I think, the corner. That, um, again, name and number escapes me at the moment. (laughs) If you can come up with it. I'm going to be honest. I
1: don't remember (laughs) much of that game. Not for any particular reason that besides it was just a you know a week ago, <laughs> and I've had a lot of stuff go on since then. So fair enough. I I don't remember much. Fair enough. Uh,
0: I just remember you know kid got laid out. I think it was a corner. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we we keyed off on the screen game. We kind of we we didn't really tempt them to throw deep. You know, we just did what we did. Press quarters. We I, we always do that, but. They couldn't really force the ball downfield. Our line was disruptive all night. Linebackers did their thing. Everybody did their job, uh, and you know it showed at the end of the night. They had what twelve points, six against our first uh, against our varsity defense. The um, there might have been another record broken that night actually. That Coach Moore brought up at the uh, booster club that ninety-two yard run towards the end there that their running back broke off against our second string defense might have been the biggest run allowed on Masson in history. Yeah. Might have to look into that, but, you know, someone feel free to correct us or whatever the hell, you know, anything like that. Anything else stand out to you on defense, even though if you don't remember anything? Uh, The one thing that I remember
1: is I read somewhere that Gateway liked to do something that not a lot of other teams do. And I... I forgot to look for it during the game, but supposedly they pulled their tackles a lot rather than their guards. And the reason that is kind of difficult for the defense is because your linebackers usually reading the guard through the guard into the backfield. They're not reading the tackle. So when you pull a tackle and not your guard, sometimes your linebackers don't see it. They have a hard time scraping over And, you know, that's when big plays happen. Um, I didn't look for it. I'm going to assume that they did do that. They pulled their tackles a lot. And we played well. I mean, the point is we didn't give up any big plays. And if nothing else, we got to rep out a new look against our defense. So, I mean, every week, you know, we're seeing something new. And it adds into you know what our defense is capable of defending so that just continues to help us for the future yeah
0: you know like you said your your linebackers are reading guard through backfield through the guard mm-hmm. and you're not going to see the tackle you can't see everything going on um i'm not happy to admit that i didn't see it much because i wasn't looking for it much i forgot to look that was something we talked yeah. about and then i i just forgot to look for it I mean, I normally so maybe they didn't even do it at all, but I, I look, I'm sure we practiced yeah. for it nonetheless. I look at the snap of the ball, high hat, low hat from the line, and then you know my eye shoot wherever I'm looking for in particular from there. Mm-hmm. Um, that particular play, it's called the dart concept. I have no idea why. Um, some people refer to it as the toe. That's knows. what
1: that's what we ran it. As. Yeah
0: t-o-w tackle wrap um either way it's like a one back power type concept uh you can run your uh, quarterback or your running back doesn't matter it's but the backside tackle pulls wraps around and is leading through on a power type concept and it's a nice it's normally it's a nice change up to uh a lot of zone running a lot of zone read as well mm-hmm. just because um It works well against the tight front, which is the natural answer, especially from an odd front defense like we have to the inside zone. But without a whiteboard, it's kind of hard to really explain how that works. Um, Anywho, I didn't look for it really. I didn't see it much, though. Nothing stood out to me in the game that, you know, hey, they were running that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that did stand out to me, not from our offense or defense or special teams perspective. Besides the fact that we actually had to punt, we had to punt the ball a couple of times, so we actually got to see what our punter looked like. But um, from a fan perspective, was how our fans can sometimes get a little too aggressive in a negative way. And by that, I mean, you know, yelling at our players, yelling at our coaches like, hey, what are we doing? Like the first time was when um, right before halftime when they were trying to put that drive together and we called a timeout when the clock was ticking. I, I think there was like 12 seconds left. Oh,
1: that was me. That was me yelling.
0: No, oh. it-, it wasn't you yelling because I would have hit you for it. Yeah. Uh, when I understand
1: why people are mad about that, though. Doesn't mean you should yell at the coaches. Yeah, yell at the team. But like, I get, it. I get it.
0: I mean, they're lining up. Real There's quick. a reason they're, why we did it. Yeah, they're lining up real quick to you know try and snap the ball. Um, and we call a timeout. Why? Because our coaches saw something that we didn't like at all. Yeah. And if you want to, you know, get all like, oh, I, well, you know, the clock was ticking on them. They were they had two seconds left on the play clock. Whatever. They got the snap off. We just happened to call the timeout half a second before they got the snap-off. Don't give me that look, Rob. I know the audience can't see it, but Rob's giving me some look like, oh, no, they didn't. That's that's because I don't remember them snapping the ball at all. I remember it because I was looking directly at the ball. I wasn't looking anywhere else because I have no idea what the coaches saw, (laughs) and I forgot to ask about this at Booster Club, but they got the snap-off like right after we called timeout. There's a reason why we called the timeout. Yeah. So if you want to stand up and, oh, what are we doing, coach? Blah, 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 blah. It's for a reason. And by
1: time the referee actually called the timeout, we were probably already screaming it for a few seconds before that. So Yes. It's not like we started yelling timeout with one second left on the play clock. It, Still. Exactly. I get it. Fans get caught up in the game. I get caught up in the game. But I'm not going to. Start yelling at the coach
0: for it. All right, whatever. Second instance was that really just got to me and just drilled my head right now. Second half, we're marching down the field. Fourth and five in opponent's territory on the plus 40. We're putting together a pretty nice drive. We're up 14, looking to go down to score again. Fourth and five, we line up to go for it. And I hear people around me yelling, oh, what are we doing? Punt the ball, kick the ball. What? Whatever. Our coaches aren't dumb. Mm-hmm. They're doing that. Like, they know what they're doing. There's, They have more experience collectively between that and that staff than any just random group of slap dicks in the crowd. All right. Let's, when we line up at fourth and five to go for it, I, we expect to convert on it, which we did. And boy, did their tunes change as soon as a... I think it was Lamp caught the ball on that crosser. And I just... It it irks me so much to hear stupid people be loud. And I know I'm not talking to any of our listeners because our listeners are smart. (laughs) They have a smart IQ, a football IQ, because they listen to the Black Swarm podcast and we try so very hard (laughs) to teach them a little thing or two about football.
1: Yeah, so I mean...
0: You know, trust in the coaches.
1: You know, that's the whole point. But, I mean, if they're going for it, it's for a reason. They saw something that they liked. Maybe we did something on second down and they have a guy that's crashing too hard. On third down, a guy's crashing too hard. We're like, you know what? Fine. If you're going to keep crashing like this, we're just going to throw it right behind you. Or the opposite situation. Or, point is, they saw something they liked. They said, hey, we can convert this. Also, the next time it's fourth and five, and we run a hard count and we get them to jump off sides because they think we're actually going to go for it because we went for it last time. Ta da, first down. Yeah. You know, so sometimes in order to bluff later in the game, later in the season, you actually have to put your cards on the table, or otherwise, no one's ever going to believe you. So trust in the coaches. Let them do what they're doing. Um Even, there's a reason. There's a reason why. There's always a reason.
0: Exactly. Even objectively, like if you just look at the situation. They can't move their offense can't move the ball at all. We are on their forty yard line. We have just been moving the ball fairly well. It's fourth and five. We have five yards to convert. Second half, we're up fourteen. What do you want us to do? Kick a field goal? When our kicker doesn't have I mean he's a great field goal kicker when he gets inside of his range, he doesn't have much of a leg. We could put Matt That's like sixty five yards, Hank. So <laughs> oh we don't, we're depending not. on where we were, that's almost seventy. Uh, so. Exactly. So no yeah. one's doing that. You're not kicking the field goal. You're not kicking a field goal. And what do you want us to do? Coffin corner the punt? When yeah. we really i <laughs> when we haven't worked a coffin corner that I know of or that, you know what? So you you go to punt the ball and you try. Us. There will be a time where we do punt that,
1: and we do pin a deep, a uh, pin a team deep. There's also going to be times yes. where we go for it because we know we can, or because we know the other team's offense is struggling, or our defense is doing really good, um, or there's just something we really like.
0: Mm-hmm. It's the point is, it's not random. Yeah, we haven't shown a coffin corner punt, so I'm assuming we don't have one until we show it. Well it's just see, like forties, I mean that, and that you kick it about his average kick would put you down, well, about right at the goal line. At the goal line. So yes. I mean that's can he turn the ball over and get yeah, it to bounce backwards? That's tough. He's a junior in high school. That's tough. I don't not not speaking ill of him specifically, just speaking on junior punters in high school, speaking on 16, 17 year olds, I don't have much faith in him doing that. They're a turner assuming he's coached up well is going to put his toes on the 10 and let it go farther behind him. Mm-hmm. So odds are we punt the ball, it's going to go into the end zone, ball's out on the 20. 20-yard 20 play. Yeah. Like that's not that's not much. So going for That doesn't mean we won't do that later in the season, but correct. However, this particular instance in general great football play. So if we could stop getting dummies standing up and criticizing the coaches during the game and giving me headaches, <laughs> that'd be great. You know what we're you know what we're missing actually? Hmm. It's public shaming in general. Public shaming. Yes. Like when someone does something stupid, you should be allowed. Like everybody should be allowed to tell them, like, "Hey, that's stupid. Shut up." I'm not saying get physical.
1: I'm well, just, maybe that's what they think. The coaches are doing it stupid. And all they are are
0: getting up and telling the coach it's stupid. If if the crowd as a whole does that, I'll shut up. <laughs> if it's one slap dick in a section mm-hmm. and no one else is really doing anything, I'm gonna assume he doesn't know what he's talking about because he probably couldn't drop a cover two if he spotted in the safeties or explain <laughs> to me the or explain to me the tangential difference between power and outside zone. <laughs> cover two if you gave him the safety. yeah. yeah. All right. I'm not claiming that I came up with that line, but I'm using it. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to yell at somebody, yell at the refs. They
1: Yes. Lo- they love it. Yes. Cody Listen. loves it.
0: Listen. <laughs> black Swarm Podcast, hard rule. Do not be negative as a fan. Do not the, get a penalty. The, ex- the, exception, the exception to that rule is there is to every rule. is If he is wearing vertical white and black stripes, mm-hmm. you yell your hearts out at him. Do not get a penalty yes. because they
1: can call penalties on a team because of their fans. Watch the language, but it, you know, that doesn't mean <laughs> we get mad when you make fun of them.
0: Yeah. That being said, just we need to touch on this too. I'm
1: sure we don't get many calls after we make fun of them, but
0: Yeah. Eh. I mean, so long as we're talking about the Zebras, they were laughably bad on Friday. It night. wasn't great. I mean... Not good. I I can't even say we're getting hosed. It was just like... Just not good. (laughs) It was just incompetence, like wholesale. I mean, it it was like... I felt like I was watching a car wreck and just laughing. Yeah. Not that I would watch a car wreck and laugh, but... (laughs)
1: It's like when uh, we played that Saturday game against Ursuline. Oh, God. And I swear we had JV refs that couldn't
0: get hired to do JV games. (laughs) Oh, was that bad? That was... Yeah. I mean... When you have, like, when you're trying to call encroachment on the defense and you don't know what side to point for defense, <laughs> it's rough. Not good. We remember the blocked punt that... He threw a
1: flag down. Yes. Oh, I was going to lose it. I... If he said we,
0: that was roughing the kicker. I wholly oh. believe. I will take this to my grave. I believe that he meant to throw the beanbag and he threw his flag. Oh. No. That no. is... it. Yeah. It was just horrible. And the worst part... That's not even a fumble, is it? Is that considered a fumble? You don't throw
1: a beanbag for a blocked punt. I I think he was throwing the flag saying that the guy was down. He was down right there where the flag is because that means people are down. His knee-touched flag. That's worse. I don't know. I, I would much rather him think... Being at least he played did. it off like it was, you know, he didn't wave the flag off as if it was a flag. He yeah. just picked it up, said, oh, ball's down here. Yep. Never made an explanation for it. No. We just went out there on offense. <laughs> <laughs> like, fireworks already flew. Yeah. Nah, yeah. I don't know.
0: I it, it's...
1: it was weird to throw your flag at the punter after he just <laughs> got his the ball blocked.
0: <laughs> yeah. After he got, like, three guys blocking it at the same time, just piled on top, and one guy scoops and scores, where his knee never touched, if you watch film, and um, which was shown at Booster Club. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, you can clearly see knee never touched. Hmm. Also clearly see no penalty happened. No flag should have been thrown. I mean, listen, man. Hmm. That, Robertson. Yeah. Onward and upward. Yes. Alright, so, moving along. That was uh, second, less than a second for you guys, but an eternity for us. On to the Barberton Magics, right? Magics? With an S? Magics? I think so. Magic. Magics. Magic. Magics. I think an S. Yeah, S is there. Yes, With the S. Yes. Alright, on to the Barberton Magics. Um, offensively, they look very similar to us. Uh, they like to run three wide a lot. Have a, wi- have a blocking type wing back. Um, one thing that stood out to me was the entire left side of the line, a buck 90, 200, buck 90. Tiny. I mean, you know, not that high school lines are that big, but that is small. Their right guard, he's 290 and then their right tackle is 240. Didn't overly impress me that much looking at film. They're a big zone heavy team, I think the left side of that line and really their line in general is something we can attack quarterback uh, average to good high school quarterback he's I, they had a better one last year but he graduated didn't right Rob yeah
1: no I don't know I thought it was the same guy
0: same guy maybe not honestly I don't know I, I don't know I feel like we should I know
1: be. that they were known for their passing game um, coming out of last year and going into this year that's all I heard too was um, how good of a passing attack it was going to be Um, I know they had a really good running back last year, but I believe he transferred. To Buchtel? That's what we were told from somebody was Buchtel. For whatever reason, I wanted to say Akron East, but either way, we're pretty sure he transferred to an Akron school. They had a really good running back that transferred, Um, but have heard good things about the quarterback this year for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, quarterback. I mean, average a good high school quarterback. I mean, you know, a lot of schools would want him. Um, obviously, we are not one for quarterbacks, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, defensively, they run a 3-4 quarters defense, very similar to us. Um, again, the line stands out to me in that they seem a bit undersized. It's a 190-pound end uh 255 pound Nose guard That's a sophomore That is um, Going to be good Which is coach speak for Not good now And uh, 190 pound end I guess they don't really Shift out of that Odd front much You know They got the 505 Or the I think it's a 404 Just head up Two head up ends On the tackles One head up nose guard they all Slant Stunt to whatever They uh, And Over and under They run quarters behind it, which is to say too high. Very similar to us. Um, You know, not overly impressive, but not really bad secondary or linebackers. Uh, Rob, do you know anything about their defense otherwise?
1: No, I I don't. I missed the meeting, so I didn't get to hear much about um, their personnel. Um, I mean, the one thing that I knew going into the season, that Barberson was supposed to be a pretty good team. And I mean, they, they beat up on Wadsworth pretty good in a scrimmage right before the season started. And, uh, they're five and two now they lost last week, which, um, you know, they're going to be looking to bring that back this week. But I mean, Barberton's, they're a pretty solid team. Just, you know, the one thing that we have noticed is they're a little undersized, which can definitely hurt a team going against us. Um, but there's still a decent team. The one thing you have to remember with a lot of these schools, especially local schools, when they schedule us, they usually only do that when they have a pretty good team or when they think they have a pretty good team. Um, so Barberton probably would not have scheduled us if they knew they weren't going to be better than usual. Um, they were good last year they're good this year they're five and two um they beat up on wadsworth like i said in the preseason in this in a scrimmage and wadsworth is a good team wadsworth is a team that we met in the regional finals last Mm -hmm. year um so i mean it's just gonna see how that size can play out and you know see what kind of tricks they have up their sleeve that they, they can use against us
0: yeah um you know, you always want to see, like, watch what a team does. I don't think they're really known for any kind of trick plays or really, like, straying from what they are. But you you really want to watch for if a team tries to be something they're not because of their opponent. And if they try and do that, you know, I think we've kind of alluded to it before on this podcast, but when you try and be someone you're not, that tells you that the opponent is... You think very highly of the opponent, you know, like it's they're a lot better than what you'd think they are It's when a defense sells out on one thing, you know, just To stop a certain play They're saying hey, we'll give up everything else. We just need to stop this one thing when Like hey, we'll we'll give up the pass. That means we think, you know We can maybe mitigate the run game to a slow bleed or whatever. It's if they stray away from what they aren't, that, that tells you a lot of things. And that's just something to look for, you know? Uh, beyond that, I, I, I don't have much. I mean, we had a...
1: The one thing I can say is that it, it will be a big game. Yeah. Um, similar to Louisville last year, I'm, I'm not going to compare them as teams or game style, but similar in the fact that it's the first time... We're playing them in a long time. Barberton used to be a big rival, a team we played a lot back in the day, but we haven't played them in quite some time.
0: It's fourth most um, Between games. any te- yeah. any other opponent. Yeah.
1: Um, And so it's at Barberton, similar to last year. It was at Louisville for the first meeting. This is, you know, Barberton, they got new turf this year. When I say new turf, I mean they got turf. Mm-hmm. they didn't have turf before that um, so they got turf they got you know the upgrade at their stadium first time playing us in a long time obviously going to be a big game for them at home so you know that that can always change things a little bit you know so um, obviously Louisville kind of shot themselves in the foot last year with the opportunity but it showed how big of a game it was for them you know when they came out and they did all their antics before the game obviously it meant something to them. And I would expect that it's going to be a huge game for Barberton as well. They're going to treat it as the biggest game of the year. And, uh, you know, we have to go into it expecting that.
0: Yeah, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of uh, Louisville comparisons you could draw. I just hope one is different in that they take this game beyond next season. And, you know, you'd like to see a historic opponent a local opponent have something we can keep going on year after year after year. Um, that's all I got for Barberton. Moving beyond that, we had uh, just a little offhand conversation you know, before we started recording. If you were to recommend mm. an episode of the Black Swarm podcast to someone that's never listened to it before, what episodes would you guys recommend? I mean, we talked about... I mean, I can rattle off mine. I got... Stu's first one for the McKinley game actually I should probably like look up the episode numbers because we have those and that would be easier to keep track of uh, do, 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 do. so
1: yeah but that was a conversation we had earlier yeah. it, because uh yeah I wanted to know I I had somebody that has asked me before he's, he's not a Maslin fan. So Mm -hmm. that kind of plays a part into it. Not that he's not a Maslin fan. He's just not a football fan, really. He's just somebody that we play basketball with. Yeah. Um, But he likes podcasts. And he said, hey, you know, send me one of your podcasts. And it's like, all right, well, which one do I send him? What podcast do I send him to listen to? And, uh, you know, it brought up a lot of different conversation back and forth about, you know, which ones we like best, which ones we heard the best responses about. And, uh, you know, which one would probably be best for a first time listener. But it's interesting to see what the audience might say about their favorite episode so far or which one they would recommend most for a new time listener.
0: Yeah, um, I think we'll get a Twitter poll here started probably uh, next week sometime. We We have to narrow it down to four, though. We do have to narrow it down to four, so that's why we want listener responses, you know. Tell us what you guys think, say, either, not even just your top, but say your top three of mm-hmm. episodes that you would recommend to somebody. Which
1: one should be on the poll?
0: Yeah, I can tell you mine, um, like my my go-to, just because it's a great episode, Stu's first one, uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, yeah. the McKinley Week episode, that was a Black Swarm podcast. Episode 13, McKinley Week with Stu. Uh, Trox's first one, that was 14. Kale's second one, that was just a few weeks ago, which was... uh, Simon Miller... uh, 23. Weber's first one comes to mind as well, Mm -hmm. which was also later in the season, episode 17. And then... Also a good one, our best one this year We got a lot of good feedback on Which was uh, JP's episode 24 I mean if you have any different If you have any to add Can I throw one in from our perspective?
1: Yeah Um, A lot of the stuff that I take From our guest episodes especially mm-hmm. Is um, Kind of how the interaction went How the, you know quote-unquote interview went with them a lot of the stuff that went on you know that might not have got recorded or put on on air right Mm -hmm. um i really liked last year when we had jar on for the first time and a lot of the reasoning for that was because some of the questions we asked some of the answers we got back and i just remember him saying that it's like wow like you know i've I've never really heard some of these questions before those are really good questions episode eight and you know how that you know comes across on air you know i i I don't know yeah but you know from our perspective you know the one doing this because we don't really listen to them Mm -hmm. Uh, um never (laughs) yeah i i do not listen to these not a one but that was one that i personally liked because it was like hey you know you guys kinda know what you're talking about. Like those are some good questions. So I, I personally liked that one. Um from our end, obviously I liked a lot of things Stu had to say, a lot of things yeah. JP had to say, you know, just get you fired up. Oh yeah. But um I'm interested to see what the fans say just in general. Mm-hmm. You know, which one have they liked best and, you know, what would they recommend as a first episode for a new listener?
0: Yeah. And kind of on the same note as your jar recommendation, um, Mazer's and uh, Lino's. Mazer was
1: great. Uh, so was Lino. Yeah. In, in the aspect of just all the stuff we talked about
0: off air. Yeah. Both so those, much stuff off air. It was so much like good conversation we had, mostly off air, but still, like mm-hmm. it was a lot of... Yeah, exactly. like A lot of stuff we couldn't put on air, but just great conversation in general. Yeah. But, unfortunately... That doesn't make for a great podcast, (laughs) but it's stuff we need to put out there for the people. Yeah. So, again, not that – and we're not, like, you know, dissing anybody. There's no, you know – it's not like, oh, don't listen to this. I mean, you can, like, not listen to a couple weeks ago when it was just us. (laughs) You can not listen to last week – or last year's, the Fitch one, whenever the hell – like, before we had Miller on for the first time, before we had a guest –
1: Early on, it was rough.
0: When we were flubbing? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was bad. That was bad. When you were... When it was a struggle to even get you on here? Yeah. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> not one I would recommend for a first listen. Yeah, mind you, all of our recommendations so far have
1: been guest episodes. <laughs> oh, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, it is not an accident there's always a third party involved for all of these episodes. But um, a couple other ones, I mean... Hell, Lieberman, mm-hmm. he, he was great on the microphone. Yeah, um, which honestly really surprised me. Like, I was not expecting. It. I mean, not that I thought he was going to be bad. It's,
1: it wasn't. I'll be honest. Going into it, I didn't think it was going to be a great podcast material.
0: It was just going to be some. It was off
1: season, off season booster club stuff, which that's not great content for the average listener. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just another great guest.
0: And he just like, he reminded me not of Stu, not in that like to get you fired up. I mean, he did, but not in that same vein. But of Stu in that like, just really great talking like off rip like mm-hmm. yeah. Just ask him a question out of left field and are oh, like, he's got yeah yeah great he's call, got, great speaker. Let's go yeah. It, it was just incredible. Um, I guess yeah, that's it. You know maybe. Uh, Krauss's pizza review. Just because that Krause's really got pizza. the people talking. Really got they the got people a lot of on.
1: people talking. And I have heard, you know, might be coincidence, but there are people out there saying that East Side Krauses has stepped up their game since our podcast about it. So coincidence, maybe. I don't know.
0: I've also heard Westside has really stepped it up. Has it?
1: Mm. In that
0: I didn't hear anybody. Can we get a free pizza, please? Please. Someone. Some food. <laughs> I'm not even like, not we even hungry. Yeah. Not even Krause's, like Speedway. Anything. What do you got? <laughs> dollar store? I don't know. We'll I take think. it. Yeah, Dude pass out his mixtape in front of dollar store? <laughs> Anything, man. Again. Our price is low. <laughs> Doesn't take much. No. Doesn't take much. And with that, I mean, I think that's that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. That's all you got.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's about it. That's about that is that is about it for this episode. Um, go tigers. Beat the Barberton Magics. Beat the Magics.